0: Volume One, Chapter Fifteen of *Mrs. Armitage* or *Female Domination* by Mrs. Gore. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Helen Taylor. Chapter Fifteen. Sweet Wally, the flower of Liddesdale, had ten him o'er the salt sea fame, and now he's come frae foreign land and has wooed a wife and brought her home and lovely sweet fair alice was and bonny yellow was her hair and happy happy might she have been but his mother wrought her mickle care old ballad while their attention was absorbed by the interesting subject of their conference the visit of the wemmersleys wore to an end and even lady laura was at length obliged to ring and order her pony carriage without further tidings of arthur's arrival Sophia grew anxious and fidgety. The sun was streaming down the western avenue as Lady Laura took her departure. The river and the woods had already assumed their sombre evening hue. The first dinner bell rang. The rooks were already at roost. The sheep were in the fold and the rye at home. But still no Arthur. Sophia began to tremble. Twice had her mother referred to her son's last epistle and its hieroglyphics although in other respects most etonianly and parliamentarily illegible bore a distinct promise that on thursday next without fail we shall be at holywell the engagement was positive but its rupture appeared only too probable still the influence of the picture and of the compunctuous visitings to which it had given rise were all ascendant and when the turret-clock of the offices chimed half-past seven and old simmons hobbled in for the fifth time to inquire whether dinner might be served mrs Armitage answered in the affirmative without any harsher commentary than an order that certain dishes might be kept hot for the travellers sophia now began to dread that after all his procrastinations arthur would make his appearance in the middle of dinner a meal of some ceremony at holywell and who does not know the awkwardness of such an interruption The dining party swallowing their hasty mouthfuls laying aside their napkins and hurriedly shaking off the evidence of their occupation the arriving party introduced into a room savoring of anchovy sauce sherry and diverse ragouts, yet protesting that amid this compound of villainous smells there is not the slightest effluvium of dinner there was no cause however for alarm the turbot boiled into wool the lamb calcined into dust the cutlets browned to the tint of umber the much-injured teal the asparagus beheaded of its verdant tops were successively removed dessert was put on table and a pineapple of dimensions to win a horticultural prize and especially destined by the head gardener to do honour to the visit of master arthur instead of adding weight to his own pocket by following its fellows clandestinely to covent garden was remorselessly or unwittingly cut by mrs Armitage, although she would not and sophia could not taste it then came coffee and after coffee tea and after tea dinner having been so unusually late came simmons officious simmons with the bed candles yet why officious eleven of the clock had struck and half-past ten was mrs armitage's usual hour for retiring i should think i should trust said she to her daughter as she wished her good-night that they will not come now however she continued turning to simmons and the footman waiting to extinguish the lights place a supper-tray in the dining-room and let some one sit up john go down to the south lodge and tell martindale it is my desire he should be on the watch till daylight it was evident she had not forgotten her son's last outrageous inbreak upon the sober habits of holywell and sophy had the mortification to perceive while watching from her dressing-room window which overlooked those of her mother that mrs Armitage had retired but not to rest till one till two till three in the morning the shutters of one window remained unclosed, from which the crimson curtain was from time to time cautiously drawn aside. It was evident that Arthur's arrival was still anxiously expected. Towards morning, however, even the excited Sophia became over-wearied, and throwing herself on her bed, slept to dream of Arthur and his misdoings it needs to have been spell-bound in the enthralling chain of ceremony existing in certain formal english country houses of the old school to be aware of the importance assigned to a visit procrastinated or a letter unanswered in those uneventful castles of indolence where all the excitement is from without even while the influence of public events is scarcely perceptible the delaying guest becomes a malefactor and the negligent correspondent a suspicious character berlin might have been sacked and burnt or china depopulated by the plague and the event would have produced far less sensation at holywell than the non-arrival of master arthur on the morrow too a transgression on the part of miss armytage increased the indignation of the steward's room almost for the first time in her life Sophie was not ready for breakfast and her mother sat down alone but the delinquent made her appearance in time to detect the mortified expression of her mother's countenance when the daily papers were laid on the table unaccompanied by the expected letter of apology from her son. An hour or two afterwards, however, old Hardywood having exchanged his holiday black satins for quotidian kursymere claimed an audience of his lady to acquaint her that the rider of one of the Thoroton tradesmen had just circulated intelligence in the servants'-hall, that as he quitted the town captain Armitage was entering the high street in a chaise-and-four the no longer expectant populace having been unprepared to draw him to the town hall they will be here then immediately cried mrs Armitage, slightly colouring i rather think not madam mumbled her ancient servitor for lawyer gumption was with master arthur and i fancy there will be a deal of work for them to do at the town hall before they can push on to holywell what will become of mrs arthur meanwhile involuntarily ejaculated mrs Armitage, and sophia who was at her mother's elbow as involuntarily replied if i were to take the carriage and go to thoroton and and bring her here at once sophia was wrong she should have left so conciliatory a measure to be proposed by mrs Armitage anything resembling dictation was fatal i see no occasion for putting ourselves out of the way for those who put themselves so little out of the way for us was her cold reply no doubt they will find their way here at their own time and pleasure and in the course of a few minutes that time and pleasure became fully demonstrated a french calèche drawn by jaded posters looking jaded as only posters can look and smoking as only posters can smoke drew up under the portico having a courier half french half german half italian and a soubrette wholly entirely and manifestly parisian for its outside passengers within a pretty frenchified little doll of a woman and an ugly frenchified little dog of a poodle Sophie trembled She would have trembled still more had she been aware that Arthur's rash charge to his wife, throughout their hurried journey from Dover, had been, Above all things, beware of allowing my mother to perceive that you are afraid of her. Unless you can appear perfectly free and at ease in her presence, she will fancy that we are secretly resenting the past. For my sake, pray exert your spirits to the utmost. Fortunately enough, the courier— The femme de chambre and the poodle escaped for a time the scrutinizing eyes of Mrs. Armitage, who stood awaiting at the door of the library her long expected daughter-in-law and guest. I trust you met with no accident. We expected you yesterday," said she, bestowing a solemn salutation on the cheek of the stranger. When Marian, true to her recently acquired Parisian habits, familiarly offered the other à la française for the reciprocation of the honor oh no not the slightest accident the foreign carriages are so safe so formed for bad roads bad roads mrs Armitage, regarding it as an established fact that the great north road was the triumph of macadamisation was silent with surprise but i felt a little tired when we reached wolverfield last night continued the stranger throwing herself into the nearest armchair which the library afforded when arthur remembering that the inn at wolverfield is what is called in england a crack inn decided that we should stay and sleep and so we were half suffocated in enormous feather beds and condemned to the nightmare by a dinner of eels veal collops and wine sour plums which it appears are esteemed dainties in the county of york mrs Armitage stood transfixed and after all continued the inadvertent marian we experienced the horror of getting up at 7 o'clock this morning entre chien et loup in order to gratify the people at thoroton with the notion that we had hastened our journey to do them honour in consequence of which we arrived abîmé pressé de fatigue and poor arthur in anything but a humour to do the agreeable to his constituents ah mon pauvre mouton je le croyais perdu cried marian to the little monster which now frisked into the room and jumped into her lap while mrs armytage half resentfully half despairingly led forward sophia to the new-comer with the simple presentation of my daughter C'est la va sans dire. i knew miss armytage at once so strong a resemblance to yourself replied marian too much frightened to observe that sophia was as fair as her mother was dark but still labouring to disguise her own timidity under a mask of assurance and while Sophie's advance towards a sisterly salute was sufficiently apparent she threw herself back again in the chair and applied herself to her flacon. i conclude it will be late before we see my son inquired mrs armytage resolved not to be disgusted yes indeed arthur gave me to understand that i should see no more of him till dinner-time and he gave no message observed mrs armytage half interrogatively nothing but his kind love to all at home no appointment about sending the carriage for him none at all i heard him settling it with gumption and a lawyer's clerk the clerk i believe of nebwell your solicitor that they would come on together come on i do not exactly understand said mrs armytage to dinner i heard arthur invite them all to come and dine with him there must be some mistake faltered sophia no no mistake i heard arthur say you must come and eat your mutton with me or some such words couche la couche ton mon petit mouton continued mrs arthur addressing the poodle who was munching off the tassel of a sofa-cushion if there is a plague on earth it is a lap-dog if there is a plague on earth it is the vulgar wife of one's only son might perhaps be the secret response of mrs armytage by the way resumed marian as if struck by a bright idea her courage like that of macbeth being nearly run out perhaps i had better go and see after celestine and the things it's quite shocking how foreign servants get imposed upon you have no notion how horribly they were cheated on the road as you are now among my own people observed mrs armytage with dignity i trust further precaution is needless oh one never knows only last night at Wolverfield they stole ladislaw's case of cigars and such a bill as they brought in the moment they found it was for mr Armitage of holywell park the new member for thoroton one would have thought poor arthur was come to take possession of his family estate instead of a seat in parliament i used to think uncle robsey's bills at the plough at cheltenham beat anything "'But this was ten times worse. "'Really, Affaire fremir. three and sixpence for Mouton's Supper.' "'I think you would like to see your room,' interrupted Sophie, "'judging it prudent to anticipate the explosion of her mother's wrath. "'Oh, no ceremony, thank you. "'I dare say I shall find my way. "'I have so often talked with Arthur over the plan of the house at Holywell, "'and settled it where we should be when we came to stay with you.' replied Mrs. Arthur, pausing at the door to whistle to her dog, ere she disappeared from the wandering eyes of Mrs. Armitage. Having conducted her strange, her very strange sister in law to the chintz bedroom, Sophia disappeared also. But had she returned half an hour afterwards, she would have been struck with a strong vapour of ether and eau de cologne, and the agitated demeanour of Mademoiselle Celestine. For Marian pale as death was lying on the bed half fainting and wholly exhausted by her ill-advised exertions her only consolation poor soul lay in the persuasion that she had played to admiration the part of excellent dissembling of self-possession and dauntlessness imposed on her by the misjudging arthur she trusted she had at once done her duty to her husband and imposed upon her imposing mother-in-law End of Volume 1, Chapter 15